Welcome to the Launchbox Podcast. I'm Anjali, and I can't wait for you to get to know plant-based kitchens from around the globe. Every episode will unpack inspiring stories and delicious menus of spots that are guaranteed to be your next food experience. I am honored to have one of the pioneers in the plant-based scene in Copenhagen with me today. Welcome to the podcast, Karina Brun from Organic Boho. Thank you so much. It's an honor that you wanted to uh, make this podcast with me. Tell us about who you are and how the Organic Boho was born. Well, um, actually, the Organic Boho was born uh, out of... I, I just wanted to experience something, uh, different parts of the world. And um, so I was uh, in a relationship for 15 years and um, we got divorced. So, and when big life-changing uh, events happen, then you have a tendency to um, just want to go out and, and actually find out who you are, actually are, or who you are now. So um, I was traveling a lot, um, and I uh, ended up uh, very randomly in uh, in Ibiza. And <laughs> throughout all my travels, I have been um, I was quite fascinated about how um, how much other countries were focusing on uh, vegan food. In Denmark at that time, it was uh, only like paleo, um, and it was uh, raw food. And nobody was talking about vegan food, so I was quite in, quite intrigued. And um, my sister, she actually got a boyfriend who was uh, German, and um, he was also he was vegan. His whole family was vegan. Uh, they even had a vegan dog. So, um, and for them, it was just very natural. Like, you know, vegan is just uh, it's the way, and it's very normal in Germany to to be vegan, and they have vegan supermarkets, and um, so it was like a a brand new world opening up. So, well, back to Ibiza. So I I ended up in Ibiza, and um, I was um, I always wanted to be self employed. But it's not just like you want to be self-employed and then you just do it. You really need to have um, a passion and a good idea. So I um, I found out that there was like a, a hole in the market, so to speak, in Ibiza. Um, a lot of people they were uh, wanted some uh, some healthy food because it wasn't really available. So. Um, what they were doing was like hiring chefs. They were bringing people to the island to actually uh, cater to their needs. So I was like, okay, maybe this is a hole for me so I can start uh, maybe cooking some healthy food for all these uh, people that, <laughs> that want healthy food when it's not available. And um, so that's what I, me and my sister actually, we started doing. So we started mm-hmm. making cooking classes for, for kids in a big uh, organic farm, like the only one in Ibiza. So a lot of the, um, a lot of the um, small kids, was, um, they, were, they weren't really um, using a lot of time on educating them on like uh, animals and farming and where does uh, the bread come from, where does uh, all the uh, vegetable come from and, and so on. So... They were looking for someone to um, to help them understand how it was actually, um, you know, coming into the refrigerator. Yeah. 
So uh, what we did was um, we made uh, like a, uh, an agreement with uh, like um, the mayor's office uh, so we could take all these uh, kids out to the big organic farm. So they had rescued animals. They had um, like uh, a lot of uh, herbs. They had fruit trees. They had vegetables and, and many, many different things. Um, so we showed them how to cook with primarily plants at that time and so that's actually how we you know took the vegan uh into it that was with the cooking classes and then we started having the cooking classes for locals for tourists and then we started making caterings for villas and boats and so it kind of just evolved by itself because there was um a need for it so two danish sisters in ibiza yes doing this whole concept yes it was quite um it, <laughs> it was quite strange actually <laughs> because it was a lot of things at the same time we um i actually uh convinced my sister she hadn't even been there um to move with me to to ibiza i've only been there for like a week so <laughs> it was so crazy well it was a it was a crazy time and um we just uh, we were younger Mm-hmm. So I wanted to to try things. So I uh, persuaded her to to come with me, and she was like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah." You know, the worst thing that can happen is just that we pack our bags and then we go back. That's it. So she was like, "Okay, yeah, you're right. Let, let's let's give it a go." Which which year was it? <clears throat> This was uh, 2013. That's crazy. Yeah. That was really crazy. <laughs> How long did you stay and did that with your sister back there? So uh, my sister, she stayed for a little under a year because she already met this new German boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, from the beginning, she was like torn between Germany and Ibiza. So um, eventually she moved to Germany um, and then I stayed. So I was there for like two and a half years. Um, but it was also very difficult to to be on an island, um, which is very very going on in the season, uh, which is like eight months a year, and it's uh, it has like three point five million tourists that are coming to visit this teeny tiny island in only eight months. So the streets will basically go from being more or less empty to completely packed, not yeah. even able to move. So um, yeah. But it's a it's a, a great place, and it has this uh, amazing hippie vibe and hippie stories, and that is also what I fell in love with, um, like the real bohemian way of life. Um, some are really practicing the <laughs> the bohemian way of life, yeah, and some are just um, dressing like it, if you I know what I yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but whatever floats your boat, you know, it's um it's a very nice. Um, It's it's a very nice way of uh, like ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the thought of it. I like to to practice it in in my own special way. Yeah, yeah. So non-conforming. <clears throat> yes, non-conforming to society's yeah. um, um, like um, measures and ideas of how it should be. So, and because I was in this kind of rebel period, it was also um, you know right down my alley to be a, to be a boho. Yeah, obviously. So um, 
yeah, what happened? Um, so after like I think six months, mm-hmm. um, because I I have a background in the fashion industry, so working a lot with brands and uh, expressions, um, I felt that like the Danish uh, food scene was missing um, like a a good food brand, but it should be of course of course ninety percent food, fantastic food and. Of obviously also uh, climate friendly food. Mm-hmm. That's the most important. Um, but you need to to wrap all of this up in um, a lifestyle, uh, an ideology that people can relate to and that feels intriguing. So after uh, like six months, uh, we had some Danish friends. They were uh, we were sitting one one evening having some dinner, and and they were like, "What what are you what are you calling yourself?" And we were like, um, not, nothing right now. <laughs> we're just like, do you want vegan food? <laughs> then you can get this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, and they were like, uh, but you're like the organic bohos. So it was kind of our friends that came up with it because we were talking a lot about this, um, this bohemian way of life mm-hmm. and all of this. So they were saying, so you're the organic bohos. They were defining you. Yeah, they were defining before, us. Even before you called yourself that because they can al- already see that being embodied in what you do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that's here in Denmark. Or was it back there in Ibiza? That was in Ibiza. Okay. Yeah. The, <laughs> already <laughs> at that time. So, and then since my uh, since my sister, she left for, uh, for Germany, then... Um, Obviously, after some time, you're feeling alone and, and you want your family. At the time, my parents were living in Sweden and my sister, she was in Germany and I was in Spain. So nobody was really <laughs> in Denmark. But uh, then my parents actually decided to move back to Denmark after 13 years. So um, I felt like, okay, maybe this is uh, this is the time for the family to come together as well. And also see if uh, the organic boho can be a concept in Copenhagen. So, um, but I wanted to test the the concept before I, I took it back. So I had a conversation with a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He is um, he's a musician and he has a, a very good connection to Roskilde Festival. So he was like, you know what you need to do? You need to take the concept and test it on like a critical mass and take it to Roskilde Festival because then you will have an idea because that's all the people from Copenhagen and the big, bigger cities. So you will see if Copenhagen or Denmark is ready for 100% plant-based organic uh, food concept like yours. So I was like, okay. And it's not just any festival. And it's no. the Roskilla Festival. Yeah, one of the biggest one in Northern Europe. Yeah, yeah it's 160,000 people. Uh, over 10 days so but the food scene um, is only open like the, the big food scene is only open three and a half days but it's still like it's packed so and where we uh, were situated that's like 85,000 people passing through um, during these uh, three days so that's a lot of people so and I bear th- bear this in mind that I have no experience with 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 food with food Mm. yeah or festivals for that matter so um i contacted the roskilde festival he put in a good word for me and and he kind of sold my concept and um he was like 
just need to um you just need to you know fake it until you make it <laughs> okay <laughs> so i tried to fake it until i made it um so the first the first order i remember i put for um for the festival that was like uh 15,000 kroner or something which was a lot i felt it was a lot no. so they but the supplier he called me back because he was like um are you serious uh did this order is for for what an hour or two or but i was like um what what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> He said, uh, <clears throat> well, uh, the other, let me tell you, the, the other people, the other food, um, all the stall holders, um, they are uh, putting like 10 times as much as you are right now. Um, so I was like looking at my mother. My mother also used to be a part of Boho for many years. Um, uh, so I was like, uh, mom, he's that we need to put like 10 times as much. She was saying like, we are not going to do that <laughs> at all. So um, we, I think we doubled it, something mm -hmm. like that. It was like 30,000. So, and I felt like, oh shit, I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life if I'm, if I'm going to do this, but okay, let's, let's see if it could, it can fly. So after uh, an hour and a half, we're completely sold out, completely. And that's that's not ideal, <laughs> obviously. But um, <clears throat> also, what it created was also this hype about yeah. uh, the organic boho. Also, another thing, I was only uh, I was only using girls, or not by uh, by choice, but mm -hmm. by by accident. Also, because you know the the concept is very colorful, yeah, very um, feminine, very feminine. Um, so I could actually only uh, get girls <laughs> to, to, to work with me, but that was also an attraction for the men in uh, in Roskilde, and there was like flowers all over, and yeah. So, anyways, back to where you sold out after an hour and a half. Poor planning, poor poor planning. But that's your first time. It was and the first time. You yeah. doubled up already from what you have expected. Yes, exactly. So we and we had no clue. Um, so what happened was there was uh, a guy from um, like the biggest uh, business newspaper person. He mm -hmm. was um, he was present, and uh, he was just uh, going around talking to the different stallholders, um, asking them about their concept, looking for interesting stories, and. Um, then he came over to us since we were sold out, like the only ones <laughs> <laughs> sold out. And he was like, what's going on here? And I told him, um, I think it's very popular, you know, just vegan, organic. And we were the first vegan, um, completely vegan uh, food concept in Roskilde Festival. We were also the first in Northside and in Smokefest and many of the other different festivals. And and I have some very funny stories about people finding out that we are like completely vegan to finish the story with this guy. So what happened was um, I told him my, my story. Um, he was obviously focusing on also my heartbroken story about getting divorced after 15 years, blah, 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 all of that. Um, and then going to a pizza, starting a food concept, coming back. And there was a lot of juice in that story yeah, for him. Very <laughs> yes, juicy. Very <laughs> juicy. So, um, and I remember the headline was like, a uh, girl wants to save the planet by uh, uh, making plant-based food. 
something like that. Very far-fetched, right? Um, so um, what happened after? So yeah, the day after he was saying uh, there might be like a, a small piece um, about this in, in person. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's gonna be like on the backside or like in, we have some extra pages. Or something. He was like really talking it down. So the day after it came out and it was like a half front page and it was like a huge article inside. And uh, I had uh, like friends and family calling me saying, what, what is that and why? And okay, shit, you have this article. <laughs> um, and then it obviously created even more hype because um, then people found it uh, very interesting to come and visit us. And we had, um, which we actually always had, we had, um, um, we used to call our, all our dishes like uh, mantras. Mm -hmm. Like um, like we had, a, for instance, we had a juice called I'm unique and I'm fresh, I'm grateful and I'm strong, things like that. So um, same like Gratitude Cafe um started at the same time calling these uh so but i i always experience people coming like oh so you took that from uh gratitude cafe it's like no i didn't but i think it's a it's a really really nice these uh like affirmations that you have to say and i remember also in the beginning when people they you know they had to say it they felt so embarrassed <laughs> I'm grateful today. <laughs> yeah. And they felt, I think they were like, okay, this is very American. Yeah. Very, very mm -hmm. American. Maybe a bit too much. Um, but they were also happy when they said it. That was like what I noticed when they, they said it. They were, they, you know, they had a smile on their face and they were maybe giggling a little bit or it, it made them happy, even though they felt it was awkward and a bit maybe too much, but it made them happy. So for me, it was like mission accomplished with yeah. that. Mm. They're self-affirming just by ordering a drink. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes I would just like, I don't know which one you mean. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I can't like, hear you. <laughs> no. Sorry. Sorry. Do you mean noise. this one or that one? or <laughs> what? What is the name of it? Like, I'm grateful. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very funny. Very, very, um, yeah. So from the Roskla Festival in 2015, you stayed here and did not go back to Ibiza. No, then I actually went back. And then I came back uh, and did Roskla again in uh, 16, uh, together with uh, Northside and Smokefest. Mm -hmm. And then I stayed um, in Copenhagen. Then we opened uh, a small shop in Kodoskal, which was only like 12 uh, square meters everything included <laughs> also the <laughs> stairs <laughs> that's crazy yeah it was it was crazy small it was super tiny i yeah. remember i was i fell in love with the place it was colorful very tiny and then i was just so happy when i had the wraps or almond dressing yes I was like, with the goma what is this yeah what it is tastes this? so good yeah and that's my first experience and memory mm? um back in 2015 wow yeah yeah so you are a real pioneer thank you in the scene and you have inspired so many people probably me of course me included but probably other people i hope so yeah i mean here i am as well right yeah like, yeah, yeah exactly mm, you know that taste of the almond dressing yeah it was so good that it just got stuck in my head but you are more than 
the Roskula Festival. By the way, being in Roskula Festival mm. is such a a big crowd. Yeah, and it's such a huge experience to validate your concept. Mm, absolutely, it was like uh, it was the best thing that we could do. Absolutely, and it uh, it was a huge learning. Mm-hmm. In many, many different uh, aspects. Because then you can make mistakes and from there, yeah, right? Yeah. And just with a constant flow of people and, and yeah. managing the flow. And well, yeah. of course, you probably put up your order 10 times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, so I can't remember, but I, I, think it's, I think it was close to it. I think it was close to it. Um, also, we we were so unexperienced, so we had a really complex menu. Mm-hmm. We're not like uh, we were doing restaurant food uh, on a festival. <laughs> so, and I remember we were making these um, kale wraps. Um, so it was obviously it was vegan, but it was also um, a, a lot of raw food. So we had a lot of prep time as well and styling time and blah, blah, blah. But from Roskilla to being in, in that small 12 uh, square meter place, yes. you moved into different other venues? Yes. After uh, Roskilla, um, in 15, we, I went back to Ibiza, came back to Denmark, 16. So we made all these other festivals. Um and then uh, I decided to stay in Copenhagen and then we opened up, um, we took close to small shop because it was way too small. And like mm-hmm. I was telling you before the interview, we were like working in shift and sharing a, a kitchen with a different uh, restaurant and it was just a mess, a mess um, in every possible way. <laughs> I remember we needed to go through like four doors if we needed to like uh, pick something up in the kitchen. It was not nice. So then we found this uh, place in Crescentau, uh, mm-hmm. in Pontesigal. And um, actually it was empty for, for four years, like before we uh, took it over. And um, I remember when, because that was what we could afford at that time. So I was like, I know there is a lot of traffic, but maybe it's traffic just to go to Christina, I don't know. <laughs> maybe they don't want to eat yeah. pass by. Uh, maybe they don't want to go and eat uh, vegan food. But um, anyways, I was um, <clears throat> I was just hoping that these uh, kind of hippie, artsy um, people that I saw was in uh, in in Crescent uh, Town that they would um, like a concept like mine. So um, when I started telling people that we're looking at this place in uh, and it's in Pontesigal. Then, um, then people were like, "Don't do it! Don't! It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a mess, and there are police all the time, and nobody's gonna come there because it's a scary area." Blah blah blah. So, I was like, "I need to do this because that, <laughs> that that's my window to get a bit to getting a bigger place." So then I will just need to uh, work around those criminals. So, but. It actually turned out to be the best thing that we uh, that we did because it really it really worked um, and it worked because of, of obviously the concept but also the areas uh, the people that was living close by they they just found it very natural that a concept like um, mine was um, you know uh, opening up in in their area. 
because it was just like tapping into their own um, philosophy and ideology. Yeah. Just very naturally fit in with what's already a lifestyle. Absolutely. In the area. Absolutely. And also having Christiania close by was uh, a, a really big blessing. Uh, mm. We had a lot of um, people that was living in Christiania. They came like the first day. They came with wine. They came with flowers and said, welcome to the neighborhood. Just let us know if we can help you in any way. And we just want to make sure that you feel safe in the street and I had the best experience <laughs> and also like the local, um, like other local uh, business owners, they would come and they would be like, um, they were very, very sweet. But they also said like, if you don't get accepted by this local community, then you'll never survive. Like, what do I have to do? <laughs> Can I just open a shop? They're like, no, no, you need to, you need to go out and you need to talk to people and you need to be visible and so on and so on and of, and of course i was there every day my mother was there every day my little sister she was she broke up with her uh, german boyfriend she came back um and then she was a part of boho again um so we were like really family family so you would always see one of us uh in the shop and people they really liked that like oh that's the mother no that's the baby sister no that's the bigger sister and you know telling all these uh stories it's um It's just nice. And that's what they, or people tend to support. They support people. More. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They Second, support people. Yeah. They support people. And you already have the concept. And you were talking about how Denmark was missing a, a brand in the food space. Yes. Right. And you have created that. Talking about Burson picking up your story and creating this big hype. But also the name itself is such a... It's a cool name, mm. but it it sticks it sticks in the head like the organic boho. And when you think about it, or when you talk about it, you just see all the beautiful like murals or the colors around it. So it's yeah. it's really a good a brand, a very strong brand. Thank you so much. That was also what we were going for, um, because I wanted to have some kind of um, expression that would be recognizable to people. So then I met um, I met you see. Um, you're talking about all these murals so that was um actually i saw this girl eight years ago and she was she was painting these uh, very beautiful uh, flowers and ladies and i was like i i need to i need to talk to her i need to have her paint something maybe on the facade of the shop that was a small shop in Goroskill. so i i remember i wrote her and i was like she was she was already already doing really well at that time Uh, doing her street art and graffiti and all of that. And uh, so I wrote her, I was like, uh, I don't really have any money or anything, but I will I will pay your expenses and I will pay for your paint if, if you want to come. And my my idea is this. So I kind of pitched her the entire idea about um, having these different communities mm -hmm. that I wanted to speak to. So like the, the core was the plant-based food and then I wanted to reach out to the street art people um the yogi people um sports uh surf all of this uh, festival people and then she was she wrote me back and she was like i think a really really good idea so she uh she started uh she'd made the first mural in in Goroskel and uh she, yeah well and now we're really good friends so that's an even better story yeah um so now she has been painting in 
all of our shops um, multiple times and for all of the festivals. And she also did, like, we have Iron Man as a, as a client. And, uh, and she, did, um, she did a big mural for them last year. Uh, or, or actually, we decided to, uh, to make a mural for them, um, so, which we surprised them with uh, just so they could take it to their office after. And uh, we did the same this year. Uh, with another another mural, so I hope they can fit it. <laughs> <laughs> they need to have a bigger space. They need to have a they have a big space, but uh, yeah, they need to find um, a space for it. Yeah.